Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Chip joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Good afternoon to you, sir. Let's just start. Are you prepared to live through what could be uh, the biggest snowstorm in 30 years, and will you be willing 30 years from now to keep talking about it over and over again as any true, <laughs> proud, even transplanted Minnesotan would do? Well, I did the most Minnesotan thing. We went out this weekend and got groceries. Um, like it's, like we're never going to see civilization right. again. Um, Get the bunker ready. Milk. Get the bunker yeah, ready. We had with... enough milk. And I, I did this with my wife. We had enough milk. I was like, maybe I should get another one. Just <laughs> Are you eating like, a lot of cereal? Are you planning on eating some cereal? <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big milk guy. Like I, I, this is how it is in Tennessee. I don't know how it is in Minnesota, but we had milk with dinner. Like everybody drank yep. milk at dinner. Oh yeah, we and did too. Do. Sure, I still do. Um, my kids and wife think I'm crazy, but I love milk. Like, and you have the uh, you have almost. the you have the strongest bones of any uh, sports columnist <laughs> in the Twin Cities. <laughs> it'll be it'll come in handy when I slip and. Crack my hip yeah. when I'm out there shuffling this week. No, I. Thirty years from now, I'm not going to be here to Good. talk about this. Good. God willing, I'm still uh, upright and walking, mm-hmm. but I won't. I will not be in Minnesota talking about the the great storm of 2023. Yeah. Um, let's start. Uh, Red McCombs, tell us about your impressions of the Vikings under Red McCombs. News that uh, the former Viking owner has passed away. Yeah, Red um, owned it before I became the beat writer. Okay. It was around that transition when they were selling it to the Wilfs um, when I came on. But obviously, he was at a time when, you know, Purple Pride yep. and Randy and that 98. And um, it ushered in a new wave of Vikings fans, I yes, think. Yes, it did. Uh, yep. That 98 team. And I think Red was a big part of that. He was a showman. And, you know, the way he dressed and was – you know, out there and Purple Pride and all that, it, it fed into that, that kind of new wave of Vikings fans that we still have today. I think that team and that ownership changed it. Car salesman, right? I mean, he's got the car salesman, yeah. the, 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 I mean, they're just kind of the larger-than-life kind of personality. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it was hard because, you know, I'm not sure uh, a lot of people trusted him. Anytime you're an outsider and you, you come in and you're so different, um, he had to, you know, earn that trust, and there was probably always that fear of, you know, is he going to move the team? Yep. You know, what's he going to do here? Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, him along with that team really injected that organization with some excitement. Um, and, you know, the way that the Moss, Carter, Culpepper uh, group, what they did in terms of just reestablishing excitement and, and 
um, kind of cultivating a new type of fan was, you know, instrumental. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on, uh, let's uh, talk about the Minnesota Wild. They do this deal that sends Ryan O'Reilly to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, a uh, three-team deal involving, the obviously, the St. Louis Blues in Toronto. Um, yeah. For, explain to me uh, the reasoning behind this and how this helps the Wild in the future. <laughs> I think it's I think it's for cap flexibility. Yeah. I mean, it, it, if I'm reading it right, and because uh, they owe like 25 percent of it, right, uh, they're, of his salary, and yeah. I think it's for cap flexibility. And it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm going to be writing about this later this week. If you're Billy Garen, how do you approach this trade deadline? Because to me, last year it was a no-brainer. That that was one of the best teams in the NHL. They could score. Um, I think at the trade deadline they were second in the West. You yep. felt like, okay, this is the time to go all in. All in, yep. And, and, and this, you know, this wild team with how inconsistent they've been, they can't score. I looked it up today. They're 25th in the league in goals. But they're still a playoff team. They're still getting, you know, pretty good uh, goaltending uh, for the most part. Defensively, they're good for the most part. But they're just so inconsistent. But the Western Conference is not as tough as it as it was that we've seen. We, you know, we. I looked at it today. Uh, there's six teams in the East that have more points than the top team in the West. Hmm. So it, it's not as it's not like there's um, these great teams in the West where you, you feel like it's a lost cause. But in saying that, I don't think I would mortgage the future, get rid of future assets for a rental player no. to try to marginally improve this team. I just think this is sort of a you know, as someone put to me today, uh, they're not good enough to win a championship, but they're not so bad that, you know, they're just the lost cause or, you know, they're sort of in between. And, and right. I agree with that. And so I, I'm curious to see um, how Billy Guerin handles this trade deadline. And I, I I won't fault him if he just stays pat and says, you know what, we're going to let this team be what it is. Yeah, I wouldn't either. It's, you know, it's that tough spot of, you know, because of like in the NBA and the and the NHL, you know, so many teams make the playoffs. So you make the playoffs, you know, you kind of have that false hope. And at the same time, you're not bad enough to actually really improve your team in the draft. It's kind of, you kind of get stuck in mediocrity. Well, and that's where, that's where the wild was forever. Yes. I mean, it was, you know, just kind of good enough to be a playoff team, but not good enough to be a serious playoff team. And, and, you know, from their standpoint, and Craig Leopold's been this way, is like he always wants to be competitive. He always wants to, uh, you know, have give a chance, let the team be in the playoffs because they always say you never know. And, it, and it's, to some degree that's true in the NHL. We've seen seven, eight seeds get hot, yep. a goalie gets hot, and, they, you know, but if you're taking an honest appraisal and, and trying to be realistic about where you're at, I think you can see that, you know, is this team ready to contend for a championship? Probably not. You know, I just don't think they have the firepower. They don't have the depth. Um, and so, you know, that, that is, you're, you're sort of stuck in that good, but not great yep. loop. And, um, but they, you know, and, and rightfully, you know, rightfully so the teams in this market, I mean, the Vikings have been in that, uh, we, you know, they said, we don't really want to bottom out, you know, I mean, that was the whole, when the Vikings made their leadership changes this last uh, year, I mean, what was it? Mark Will said we want a competitive rebuild. Competitive so rebuild, yes. T- these owners are just really hesitant because they have to sell tickets. Yeah, they're hesitant to say, you know what, we're going to bottom out and try to get a really high draft pick. They just don't want to go that route. 
Leading our conversation to the Minnesota Timberwolves now, uh, the All-Star break. Uh, did you pay much attention to All-Star festivities in, uh, in, in Utah? I watched the dunk contest with my son, and, you know, surprisingly, I thought it was pretty interesting. I've been really down on it in recent years, and, you know, just having four guys in it and four guys you've never really heard of, not right. the stars. I actually thought it was entertaining. Uh, Matt McClung obviously was, you know, fantastic. Um, the All-Star game was dreadful. I tried to – I watched the first quarter, and I just it, – it was it was unwatchable. You don't, um, you don't like scoring? What, what's the problem? <laughs> I mean, it was just – I tried. I really tried to watch it because I wanted to see how uh, Anthony Edwards did, but it was just – uh, it was just awful. Yeah. I mean, to sit there, I mean, there's just literally no defense being played and just let guys just drive down and dunk it or throw off the back. I mean, it just, that, that's not for me. No. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I think it was, I thought it was cool. Two things that came out of there that I really, from a Timberwolves perspective, the fact that LeBron uh, took Ant with the first pick, um, his first draft pick of the reserves, yes. I thought that was telling about, that's what LeBron thought about, thanks mm-hmm. about Anthony Edwards. And two, I loved Anthony Edwards' Um, during the press uh, media day there talking about load management and not wanting to sit out games. And it, like, that's the one thing he would change about the NBA is having, you know, players play. I thought that was, you know, for a 21 year old, yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty mature thing to, to say. And I hope he, I hope he sticks with that. I know as you get older, his opinion might, might change on that, but for now, playing every game matters to him and he doesn't want to sit out. And I, I love that uh, approach. So other than Anthony Edwards and watching him uh, for the last part of the NBA season, Timberwolves fans should be uh, excited about what? What is going on with Cat? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we <laughs> that to me is, what is going on with Cat? I mean, I mean, I know he has the, the calf injury. When is he coming back? Is he coming back? Um, how is that going to look when he does come back? Because it was such a short stint, and it wasn't good uh, with this experiments with him and Gobert and the you know the two bigs and how's that going to work? And um, we've seen them readjust and uh, reinvent who they are, going you know the offense and having Ant facilitate everything, and him being the clear number one, and him having space to kind of drive and dictate things. Well, now, if you bring Cat back, and I'm still operating under the assumption he is coming back, uh, even though we haven't been given a timetable, how does that disrupt the chemistry, the the look, the flow, everything that they've established since he's been out? To me, that's, you know, obviously the most intriguing thing is how is he going to fit and kind of reincorporate with this team? Um, it's, for some reason, and I, it's it's still strange to me that P.J. Fleck is such a polarizing figure in this market. Um, uh, but <laughs> – you did a piece on how he's teaching at the Carlson School of Management. I thought it was very enlightening as to uh, the gives us a little more idea of who P.J. Fleck is and how people at the school recognize that and are using him to their benefit. Yeah, you know, I had heard that he's teaching a uh, it's a half semester course, uh, 13 uh, classes all. It's like a seven week course. It's a leadership, you know, for uh, undergrads there at the Carlson School of Management and they uh Ask if he would be willing to take part and be a co-instructor is, is a, his official title, and he said, "Yeah," because you know, his, he graduated his degree was you know elementary education, and he's always talked about how he wanted to be a teacher if he didn't get in coaching, and so they they allowed me to sit in on a lecture, and it was the full PJ Fleck experience. I mean, it was ninety minutes of PJ being on, and he, he finished with he had an analogy about how leadership is fragile, and he he dropped a vase on the floor and shattered. It was it was just. 
Um, but it was, I mean, you could tell he's getting a kick out of it. And he actually puts a lot of uh, preparation into it. I mean, his, his lecture was 75 minutes, and then they had some, it was a 90-minute class, and they had some Q&A after. But yeah. and he's doing four of them, so about a third of them. So he, he really seems to be enjoying it, and the, and the Carlson School people are ecstatic that he said yes and were able to fit it in his schedule. I wonder if he's doing the vase bit every class. as He's going through a lot of target vases, <laughs> if that's the case. But I love the description of that. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, but he puts, you know, he has this whole presentation with the video and uh, different kind of clips that he puts in there. So it's it's not something he's just walking in, winging every time. I mean, he, he's uh, clearly giving a lot of thought and what he wants to to say in his lecture. Uh, this is the first time I've been able to talk to you since uh, your piece on the Red Lake uh, came out, and I just wanted to tell you how great the piece that was again, and thank you for that work. That's such uh, that's what journalism is, and that, it was just fantastic. And I wanted to I, I, to get, I appreciate it absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a wonderful piece to do, and there's been a lot of cool things that have come about because of it, and uh, just the response that he's gotten from the community has just been fantastic. Well, go drink some milk. Don't let uh, you bought seven <laughs> jugs of milk, so we want to make sure you uh, drink that up and save some because uh, you might not get out of the house for the next several days. <laughs> I'm covered with milk, so I'm, go. I'm good. No more milk. Thanks, Chip. It, man. Have a great day. Yep, there goes Chip Scoggins uh, from the Star Tribune on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Two twenty now on CCL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 